huge welcome to the Where Pets Are Family podcast, which is brought to you by the team from MaxiZoo. In this series, we will bring you tips and useful advice. And we will also introduce you to some of our special team from around the country who will tell us all about their favourite pets. We love our pets just as much as you do. I hope you enjoy the show. Emma Fanning, how are you keeping? I'm good, good to see you again, Greg. Yeah, we're back for another episode. <laughs> back again. Now, in a funny way, I think we're nearly back to the very beginning. Yeah. Where you've got the family who are thinking about having a pet for the very first time. Yes, exciting time. It's a big decision, isn't it? Huge decision. Even for me, when I was getting any of my pets, I had to think about... Do I have time for them? Do I have the space? And there's a lot of different things to consider before getting them. I know it's it's very much an exciting time and sometimes you can really jump the gun, but it's very important to take a step back and actually think about everything to consider before getting them. To even think about what pet would fit into your house or into your life is, is very important. Yeah. And I know some people will have had experience of growing yeah. up with pets, whereas there's a lot of other people who probably think maybe a pet would be a nice thing, but they don't have that experience at all. Yeah, they don't have the knowledge or they just are unsure where to start. Um, yeah, so we're just going to chat a little bit today about what you would think about beforehand or how you would decide what pet is right for you. So it's just a little bit of insight into anyone that is a little bit unsure of the things to consider for actually getting them, because it is important to take a little bit of a step back first to have a think about it and then come up with the right solution for you, yeah. And I automatically think when it comes to pets, you know, a dog or a cat, but that may not be the, the starting point either. No, absolutely. Like I know a lot of families that would come into our stores and they'd start off getting a fish for their young child and start off small and then maybe gradually get to that point. Get Maybe the end goal might be a dog, but starting small, possibly getting a fish first, see how that goes, maybe getting a lizard or a small animal. And then maybe the end goal might be a dog when they get a little bit older. There might be a circumstance where a dog just isn't right for your home or you can't have one until like that you are older and living in your own house. So starting small is good and having a little bit of practice with a lower maintenance pet before diving head straight in for a dog is a good idea. Maybe before we start talking about the considerations about what you need to think about. Why is it a good thing to get a pet at all? And who is a good firm and what, what are the benefits of it? I find for me, I have a busy lifestyle, I'm working, I have my own house. And having a dog sometimes isn't is not always easy um, because I, I'm quite tight when I have a dog. But I find on the evenings that I'm on my own or when I look at her and think back of where she started because she was a rescue, I suppose I, I'm benefiting her life helping the rescue community by rescuing her but she brings a huge amount anyone that has a pet I'm sure you could say it yourself it's so rewarding it's this unconditional love that you get no matter what you do to them you know they never are mad and they love you no matter what so I think they don't judge (laughs) (laughs) it's just they give a lot they give a lot to us for sure but pets aren't for everyone absolutely not like if somebody isn't interested in having a pet that's also fine it's about what fits in but having pets for me is lovely it's it's very rewarding because I know that I'm giving them the best life that I can but they give so much to me at the same time yeah and I think it's important as well what you're saying that for some people a pet is just unsuitable yeah yeah Yeah, and be realistic about that as well absolutely like 
sometimes I think, God, I'd love another dog. But I don't have the space. I live in quite a small house. I have a hectic, hectic lifestyle. I'm, I'm on the road for work a lot of the time. So for me, it wouldn't be fair to add another dog. Like already when I'm on the road, my dog actually goes to a doggy daycare. So she goes in there when I'm on the road for work. And you're always thinking about, you can't just pick up and, and take off. You know, you're thinking about what are you going to do with your pets or who's going to jump in and, and feed Fudge the rabbit when I'm gone or the lizard. So adding another dog to my life right now, I might like it, but it definitely wouldn't be fair in the dog because I just don't have the space for it at the time. Yeah, so I think that's really important. Yeah. You might want one to make you feel better, yeah. but it's important as well that you give that pet a good life as well, don't you? Yeah, like you can't... Um, and I have friends that would love maybe a pet, but they're in college or they might be traveling or they're living in a small apartment. And for them, it's just not possible. But it's about recognizing that and knowing that, that you're not going to just do it for yourself, that you have to think about the pet yourself and how long they live for and and all those different things, the cost and, and everything else that we'll be going through in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know in my case, I would nearly go as far to say that you know, a house isn't a home <laughs> without a pet. Yeah, it's a quiet place. Yeah. When we lost our, our last dog when I was living at home, a house becomes a very quiet, quiet place without a pet. For sure, if we were away for a few days and the dog was in the kennels and you come back and she's not running up to greet you, you know, it 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 does once you have a pet and then going to not having one, it's it's a quiet house without them, yeah. Yeah, we went on holidays recently and I was devastated coming up to going away because I knew <laughs> I'd miss them. And this is from someone now who didn't grow up with pets at all. Yeah. I do absolutely get that pets can be company for people and mm. depending on your stage of life and everything, it's really nice to have company. Yeah. And I think they do a great job when it comes to that. For a young family with children, and the little kids, puppies are nearly like a toy in some respects yeah. to some of them. And they're nagging the parents. Maybe the parents haven't grown up with pets themselves. Introducing a pet into the family, what does it bring into the family, in, in particular with young kids, do you think? Chaos. <laughs> At the start, sometimes. I think look, when you have young kids and they really, really want a pet because their friends might have a pet and they want to have one of their own, I definitely wouldn't do it just because your your kids want one. I would do it. It's fine doing it as long as you are comfortable with that decision as well. You're not just doing it for the kids because after a few months, you will end up doing the majority of the care for that pet. And they'll probably outlive the child. Maybe being at home, the child could be gone to, to college and the pet would still be there and it'll be, it'll be yours. Um, so yeah, I kind of create a bit of chaos, but with young kids, I suppose I would wait until they're old enough to, to know the responsibility of it. And I suppose picking the right pet because you know that you're busy when you have kids and you're taking them to training and you're taking them to different appointments. So it's about thinking about if you had a dog in the mix or a cat in the mix, how is that going to work? Can you just drop everything, pick up and leave and go to Tremor for the weekend or go to the beach for the day? Um, so it's if you're busy and you're on the road a lot of the time, what kind of pet is going to fit into that lifestyle, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does be... And is it good for the children? Does it teach them things? Yeah, it can teach them responsibilities. So like my, uh, my brother's sister lives beside us and she's two kids and they've recently gotten a dog. And I know for the first few weeks it was great excitement because it was new and and it was great fun. And it still is great fun. And I would see them. They'd be out and they'd be walking the dog in the lead and they're teaching her to sit. And even when it's raining, you know, they 
they have to go get the brolly and they need to go out into the yard and take her on the lead and walk her around and they have to clean up and pick up the poo of the garden. So it does, it teaches them responsibility and it does teach them lessons like that, which is good. But I suppose when, it's not that it's not a phase, but I suppose maybe the excitement at the beginning might wear off slightly that it will be probably the adults that will end up doing a bit of work as well. So it'll be shared effort. And tell me, do pets come with a price tag? Is it something that you need to consider? Of course. Look, I think no matter what or where you get your pet, whether it's at a rescue, whether it's buying some a dog off a breeder or a cat off a breeder or online on websites, you have the initial cost. So you have the cost of how much the pet is going to is to buy. Then you have to buy its equipment. So you'll generally have an expensive shop to start with to get all their bits, their crate or their cage and their food and, and everything else. So that's an initial cost. But after that, you have to consider everything else. So if you have a dog that needs to be groomed, that is going to be a cost every six to eight weeks. The yearly veterinary bills, so your vaccinations, but if they run into a health problem, that could add up treats like I said daycare so my dog goes into doggy daycare two days a week so that's an additional cost for me their food every month so it's not just the initial cost it does continue throughout their life so it's about being prepared for that as well yeah yeah and I do know Max is you you know from a budget point of view you have the range of foodstuffs and everything else so the cost can be less of an issue but I think what you're saying really is pets do come with a cost and you need to bear that in mind absolutely yeah and we do like to think that we would have products to suit every budget but absolutely it is something that you do have to consider when getting a pet that they aren't cheap that they they will have bills throughout their lifetime and can run into health issues when they get a little bit older so it's not just the initial cost there is more after that yeah. to keep in mind and in terms of bringing a pet into your house then are there time considerations do you need to have the time for a pet literally yeah so for me like I said she's right currently right now my dog is in, <laughs> is in daycare and I have to drop her there before I go to work when I'm at home I have to take her out every couple of hours because she needs to go to the toilet. And if I don't take her out and she doesn't go for a run or a walk, she's probably going to be chewing the furniture because she's built up all this energy. So you need to have time for them throughout the day. You're going to have to take them out. You're going to have to feed them. You're going to have to walk them. So you can't just get a call from a friend. Do you want to go away for the night? You know, it's, it's oh yeah, I'd love to, but what am I going to do? with my pet it doesn't matter if it's not a dog or if it's a if it's a cat or if it's if it's a rabbit do you know is there somebody there to, to give them water or do you know it's it's not as easy when you do have to think about those things but they definitely do take up time and and responsibility as you were saying i know in our case we're really lucky because we have a bunch of neighbors and mm. some of them didn't have a pet and would love one so they're more than happy to come to in help, and yeah yeah to look after but yeah a lot of the other neighbors as well in a funny way, it's actually brought us closer to the neighbours yeah. all of the time, which has really been a very nice thing. You know, and I'm just listening to you there talking about the time thing and having to take them for a walk. That can be good for you as well. I would definitely say I'm healthier because yeah. now, first thing every morning and last thing in the evening, we take those dogs for a walk. But it's unfair if you don't have the time and you don't exercise them, isn't it? Yeah, it's very unfair for them. And you will see... I see behaviour in the dog that you might think is them being naughty or or bold, but it's because they have all this energy that's built up that they need to burn off. So if you see a dog that's excessively chewing or is jumping up or 
eating your couch, you know, that it could be, now they might just be doing that because maybe they're a puppy and they're teething, but if they have a lot of energy that they haven't been able to burn off through a walk or through a run, you will see that reflected in their behavior at home. But it is, it's great for us, like it's, such a couple of days a week I would work from home and maybe if I if my head's stuck on a screen for a few hours it's great to even just step away for 10 minutes and go out into the garden I suppose Willow is my excuse for that you know and and in the evening to get out for that long walk and to step away from the phone and there's so much uh, everything you know so it's it's good to disconnect and especially during times with covid like it was it was good to just have that escape to to take her out it's a great um, excuse or influence to do that and considering your your pet ownership if you do have a lifestyle whereby you are going to be gone most of the day Mm. is it unfair to have a pet and they're alone all day I know a lot of people that do that and that's that's absolutely fine if it works for them. I know somebody that has two dogs and she said that they kind of entertain each other when Is that it solid is. rationale, yeah, is it? It is. And they do and they will play together and, and they will. So I suppose two dogs in company together alone, I suppose it is nicer. I like that I've just one dog and she's very high energy, so for me, if I was gone from eight to six, I'd be afraid what kind of a house I would come back to, you know. Um, she would be very busy throughout the day eating and chewing different things. So for me, it's great that she's gone into, we laugh because we call it school. So she's gone to school and <laughs> I collect her and she's tired and I don't have to take her for a 5k when I come home, you know, a couple of days a week, which is, is nice. But leaving a dog at home all day is okay as long as, I suppose... Joe, you're coming back, you know that you're not going to delay. If you are, there's somebody that can call into them, you know, that they have enough water and everything. So no, I wouldn't feel the huge guilt leaving a dog alone when you're at work. Yeah, and when you do come home then, or before you go to work, try to bring them for a walk and give them some of your time then. Give them your time before you go, make sure they're not out to the toilet when you come back again, that they're they're getting out and and, um, they're getting out for their little walk and, and everything, yeah, but absolutely, I don't think you need to feel any major guilt, Greg. I think yeah. they're okay. Oh, okay, I'm doing okay so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've heard you talking about space and I guess where you're living being appropriate for the pet. What kind of things do you need to think about? So I suppose very importantly, um, an enclosed garden is is very important as you don't want to get them, let them run off or get into trouble, run out into traffic or anything. So having an enclosed garden is quite important. Space in the house, look, I suppose I don't have a huge house, but I have enough space for her and I have enough space outside. So I'm very lucky that I have a lot of room for her outside as well as having her space inside. Just that, I suppose, look, if you're living in an apartment, having a great Dane mightn't be ideal. You know what? <laughs> Probably it's, not. It's about um, if you know that you want a dog and you have time for a dog and uh, you live in an apartment, what kind of a dog is going to suit that? Or you want something that maybe is in super high energy. The likes of a husky now probably wouldn't be ideal. They need an awful lot of walking. They're very, very high energy. They need a lot of space. So maybe something like... A lurcher or a greyhound might suit into that house because they're absolute couch potatoes. They don't need an awful lot of exercise. Some people think that, you know, greyhound racing, they might need an awful lot of room, but they really don't. Um, So it's just about finding a breed or a pet that will fit into what your situation is. 
when you talk about what your situation is. That's probably a case of your own stage of life as well and whether you've got a lot of energy yeah, at the for same sure, time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and I presume different pets require different levels of energy from yourself. You're as important in the equation as the pet yeah. that you bring in. Like somebody maybe that's a little bit older that wouldn't be up for going for 5K walks every day. Like I have to take my dog out for a 5K if she's not in school um, because other than that, she'd be jumping off the walls, you know, and that's just the breed she is. She's super high energy. She's a working dog, essentially. So if you are a little bit older, you don't like exercising very much. Getting, I don't know, we had a Cavalier King Charles growing up, you know, they don't need an awful lot of exercise. So it's just suiting, finding the right one for you, you know, so definitely you might see this beautiful husky puppy and they're gorgeous, you know, but are they really going to work for you? Because if they don't work for you, I would have the fear that they would end up going back then because it just doesn't work out. So it's important to do that research before you get them. So yeah. a puppy may not necessarily be the best starting point for pet ownership. I would very much recommend if somebody did want to get an, an older dog or an adult dog that maybe hadn't the best start in life, that they can do that. Puppies are great, but having an adult dog that maybe is, doesn't have as high energy, that's house trained is, is better, you know, like it's not essentially better, but maybe a little bit easier. I think there's a common misconception with people that are getting rescues is that if you're going to an adoption center or you're getting an adult dog or an older dog that isn't a puppy that they might have behavioral issues or um, they're very going to be quite nervous or you're kind of taking home inherited problems, which isn't always the case. Now, look, in a lot of shelters or rescues, they might have dogs that might have health issues or they might need a bit of training or a bit more extra time. But rescues are um, do amazing work that they will find a pet to kind of suit your lifestyle. So you will tell them what your life is like. They do checks on in your home to make sure that a pet would suit suit you. So I can't recommend enough, especially from having a rescue dog myself, to at least look down that avenue when you're thinking of getting a pet and, and research it and maybe contact a couple to reach out and see, is it a possibility for you? Because it's very rewarding to give a pet a home that I suppose mightn't have had the best start. Is that a question you can ask the team in Maxizu? I'm thinking of getting a yeah. pet. Where would you recommend? Because I presume mm. you've stores throughout the country. So, and I yeah. know from the the work that you're doing, you do have close relationships with a lot of these dog rescue we places do. and everything so else. So each store works with a couple of rescues. So it depends, I suppose, on local rescues. Say, I am a Tipperary lady, and my nearest store is the store in Clamel, and they work with two brilliant uh, rescues. So Macara Animal um, Rescue is where I got my own dog, and they work with great hounds in need. It's a greyhound charity. But every store would have a couple of different rescues that they would work with, that we would have donation bins set up in the stores for them. So we would definitely, every store should be able to give you contacts for a local rescue or staff would, would have kind of an idea then locally of some they might know somebody or or they might um, be able to point you in the right direction for sure but we would definitely work with a lot of rescues in the business so no fear we'd be able to give you a nudge in the right direction and that moment when you bring the new pet into your lovely, house be yeah. it a puppy or a rescue and yeah. of course you've got this notion in your head that they'll run in the door and fall in love with you straight away <laughs> It's quite a stressful moment for a pet, it isn't it? Is. Yeah. How, how do you? And I know you spoke about the food at the beginning. Are yeah. there other things you can do to relieve that stress? 
Yeah, so look, it's some puppies just say are totally easy going and will run in and they'll run straight into your arms. But then you might have a dog that is a little bit more unsure. So uh, Willow is actually a quite a nervous dog. So if a stranger came into our house, she would be very much unsure, back back and take a while to warm up. So yeah, so if you have a, have a new pet and they're coming into a house, they might hide behind the couch for a couple of hours or they might go into what I find great is creating a safe haven for them in your house. So for us, that is a crate. So we have a crate in our house with a bed in it. And now she's not closed into it, the door is, is open. When she was a pup, we were closing her in at night. But the door is open now. But when we got that, anyone that came into our house, if Willow was in her crate, you weren't allowed to go near her. That was her safe haven. Nobody touches her when she's in there. That is where she goes. Would you go across if, if, you, there, if you went near her in the no, crate? No, she, she doesn't. But I suppose she knows when she goes in there, she's left alone. Okay. So that's her space. So if the kids came in and she was a little bit overwhelmed, she would go in there because she knows that that is her safe place, that... No, everyone's going to leave her alone that that's kind of her safe haven what I find great tip for anyone that's getting a pup or a new dog is to bring like I don't know, a pillowcase or a blanket or a teddy with you and rub it off of where she was so if it's a pup rub it off the pup's mum or brothers and sisters or if it's an adult dog at a rescue rub it off her own bed or something that she was using and there and then bring it home so then the first night she has the smell of was where she was coming from it's like a comfort for them so it's like a little scent and it makes them feel a little bit more comfortable there maybe their first night and look you some pets have no bother and there's no issue and then you love others that might bark the, the house down for a couple of nights and to adjust to that but having the little scent and the blanket is a nice touch I think for their first couple of nights yeah, yeah. and while they're adjusting you're adjusting as well and I think it requires a bit of patience from everyone yeah it does because sometimes you have kids at home and it's so exciting and they, they want to crowd around and my turn my turn let me hold her and um, it's about trying to manage that as well and explaining that no we have to give her a chance it's like 10 people running at me I would very much be backing back you know it's about managing your own like that and sometimes you're so excited to have them and next thing they're in the house and you're calling them over to you and they're not coming and they're kind of backing away from you try not to take too much notice of that they'll take time to get used to you just like you'll take time to get used to them so before we leave the topic any final thoughts for the listener contemplating pet ownership thinking of getting a pet I would definitely uh, research it so I would take your time what happens a lot of people is they go on to maybe an online website see a picture of a gorgeous dog or a cat and they will think oh yeah that's a bit of me and and buy it without researching the breed um, is it high energy how big does it grow different things like that so I definitely research first ask plenty of questions I know somebody that their child was very much wanted this pet and they made them go off and do a little project on it and find out, come into Max's you and ask us questions and they put all their research together. So I would definitely... That's a good idea. Don't jump into it. <laughs> yeah, so it's brilliant. And we love that. We love to see kids coming in and ask us all those questions and they might come in with their mom or dad or their aunt or uncle and they would have their little list of questions and, and we would tell them and we'd often maybe give them little information that they can take home as well. So... Just don't jump into it. Do your research. Ask questions. Make sure the pet suits your lifestyle, whether it's a fish or a dragon like I have at home. <laughs> but yeah, I would um, I take your time with it and make sure it's the right decision. 
Emma, thank you so much. You're very welcome, Greg. We'll see you again soon. See you soon. <laughs> Now let's hear from one of the special members of the Maxi Zoo team and all about their favourite pet. Kieran Mangan, a big welcome to the podcast. How are yeah, you? Thanks very much. I'm very good. Sure. A nice sunny morning, so we won't complain. It's nice to be here. I know. We'll take them when we, when oh. we can grab them. Oh, yeah. Nice to have them. As well, <laughs> yeah. Now, you're part of the Maxi Zoo family for more than a day or two. How long are you with the company? Uh, I'm with the company nine and a half years. So I started actually in the Douglas store, which unfortunately is no longer opened. Nine and a half years ago, I was there for about five months. And then there was a position come up in the Middleton store and I was asked would I go down. There was one or two problems down there needed sorted. So I've had a, I've, I've been in retail since I was 12. So I've been in management since I was 18. So I suppose even though I hadn't huge pet experience when I started the business, I had fierce management experience and retail experience behind me as well. So I suppose that's one of the reasons it took me on. Uh, so I moved on to, to Middleton and I'm in Middleton now with nine years. I loved my time in Middleton, absolutely built up a great relationship with, with staff. And I suppose I'm left Middleton now and I'm in Ballancolly, but in Middleton, I'm actually in the process of probably building up my fourth team. So again, which is nice, again, things change, but I'd like the core of the team has more or less stayed the same and people come and go as I suppose every business is the same, like, you know, so I've been in Ballancolly now, I'm only there, actually, this is my first week there. Love it there. It's lovely. A uh, lot of work to be done there. We're looking for, uh, hopefully we'll have a new store in the next few months there as well, like, you know, and staff have been very, very uh, accommodating. Uh, and again, looking forward to the challenges ahead there as well, like, you know. And your experience at retail, but retail when it comes to your pet, that's kind of a different ballgame, isn't it? It is. Like, I suppose when you're looking at your pets, like, as I say to lads, anyone starting, like, if I have someone coming in with their pet and I give them the wrong information or if I give them the wrong product, that can have detrimental effect down along the line. Like, you know, like, like if I give them the wrong food or, right, wrong food probably mightn't have a thing, but like there's specific foods for specific dogs, dogs as well, like, you know. Or if I give them a harness that, that doesn't fit the dog and all of a sudden the dog gets out of it and unfortunately he runs and something happens, like, that's all back on me. So you need to know what you're talking about. You need to know the, the dog. But again, like, a lot of people come into us without their dogs, so it's very hard. You're, you're judging on a picture, and you always say to people, look, try it. If it's not right, bring it back, and we'll change it. But when, you, when they bring the dogs in, it's, it's great. Like, you know, you get a one-on-one -on -one interaction with the dog as well, like, you know. And I suppose what happens, in the, I suppose, in the business as well is a lot of times we're dealing with, with dogs from when they're pups, and we go through their whole life with the owners as well. So the owners constantly coming in. And most people, a lot of people with the dogs in, which is, which is what the staff probably enjoyed most about working inside in the place as well, is that interaction with the pets. Like, probably not so much the owners, but definitely the pets, like, you know. Yeah. This is a question I've been asking some of the guys, and I want you to give me an honest answer. When the customers come in, do you know the customer's name or the dog's name? Well, it's, it's, it's always the, the pet's name you know. Yeah. I, and I know that from even before I started in Maxu, because when you go walking, you get to meet people. And like you'll meet this woman along and you'll know the dog's name is, is whatever the dog's name is. But you, you'll very rarely, it's probably a, a few weeks later before you get the owner's name. So yeah. it's always the pet's name that you get to know first, like, you know, and then the owner's afterwards, like, you know, probably a good bit afterwards. <laughs> have pets been part of your life for a long time? Uh, I suppose we would have grown up with pets with my own, with my own, with my own family as well. But my father would have had working dogs we grew up with, but they're very much part of the family as well. Uh, I would have got my first dog myself when I was actually 12. And what kind of a dog was it? It was actually a kind of a golden retriever, beautiful dog, Tar was his name. And again, that would have been the first pet I had, I suppose. I left home when I was 18. 
I didn't have any more pits again because I'd have been working around the country. And myself and my wife, Phyllis, we, we actually rescued Riley. It was actually the year that Maxis actually started, was I think it was two, 2007. Uh, when Maxis was started, we were actually, I think the second week after the open, we, we visited the store in Ballancolic. And that's the first interaction I would have had with Maxis as well. And the first dog myself and, and my wife would have had as well. And we've had a few since then as well, like, you know. And tell me, are pets an important thing to have in a family? They are. I think as well, I think, I think what lockdown did for us more than anything else is that the pets were getting us out. Like, again, we were told we couldn't leave our home, we couldn't do this, we couldn't do that. But if you had a pet, you had to get out there. And I suppose when you're going out, you were probably meeting people at a distance, at a safe distance as well. And it probably got you out of that isolation as well. Like, you know, again, I suppose, especially for elderly people as well. A lot of elderly people, they mightn't see people from one end of the day to the next if they have a pet, it's the person they're talking to or the, the thing they're talking to most. Like I know myself, I'm on my day off and I'm in the house by myself. I'm talking to the dogs all the time, like, you know. Yeah. And sometimes I think they actually answer me back as well, like, you know, because, and they probably put more attention than a lot of people do as well because they're looking at you as you're talking to them. They're literally staring into your eyes, like, and they're happy out, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and again, sometimes I, I've told them my, my deepest problems as well, like, you know, and after you tell them, you you know, that's no longer a problem, like, you know. Problem yeah, shared. Problem, problem shared. Is a, <laughs> problem yeah, halved. So, yeah, problem halved, exactly. So that, that's got rid of. But yeah, definitely 100% are part of the family. And I suppose, I suppose, I speak for myself, my wife, Phyllis, like, you know, any pets we have, like, like they're 100% part of the family, like, you know, they're yeah. on holidays with us. Uh, we're actually going on holidays ne- uh, uh, next week. We're heading off up to the Renville Hotel up in uh, up in Connemara and the two dogs are booked into the hotel with us, like, you know. Fantastic. Uh, so I'm totally looking forward to it, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so, and I think we're, in Ireland as well, I think a lot more places are becoming pet friendly as well, which is great to see as well. Yeah, like, it know? really is. Yeah. No, it's a long way to go yet. Like, we, we go to France a lot as well and we're, we're, we're way behind France, but at least yeah. we're, we're moving in the right direction anyway, like, you know. And for that young family where they don't have pets and you have kids nagging the mum and the dad to get a pet, and of course, the parents are just thinking about, you know, the responsibility. Are there benefits to the children to have a pet in the house? It is. I think what it does, like if you see a family with, with small kids and they have pets, the kids have a certain kind of empathy, you know, and again, they're, they're actually looking after something. And it actually, I think it brings out a nice culture in the kids as well. Like, you know, that, you know, it brings out that kind of. I don't know what the right word is there now, like, you know, but that kind of nurture within the yeah. kids as well, like, you know, I think it's brilliant, like, you know, you know, and like you'd even see it with, with people as well, like, you know, people who are good to pets are more likely nice to people as well, like, you know, so I think one thing kind of works off the other as well, like, you know, yeah. uh, but definitely with kids, I think it's absolutely brilliant. But again, you know, I think a big mistake a lot of people make is that they've, they've, they're small kids and they go for the little pup. And what happens is the pups will bite, you know, it's, it's the part of the play or as part of they're trying to see where can I fit in the hierarchy in, in this house. And again, we all want to be the boss, like, you know. Yeah. So, you know, and some kids can get frightened from, you know, if, if a dog, because if, even if a pup bites you, it will hurt, like, you know. And, uh, <laughs> they have teeth. <laughs> oh, they have, and I can tell you, and as they get older, like, you know. So, you know, like, what, what I'd say to a lot of people too is that if, if you're going for a dog, look for a rescue dog. You know, like, and again, with a lot of rescue dogs, they're that, that little bit older as well. And a lot of the rescue centers, they don't just give out the dogs nearly, nearly you know, give them to whoever they want. They actually will match the dogs to the household as well, like, you know, to the kids in the house, you know. As I said, it's all rescue dogs I've had down through the years myself, like, you know, and like you're given an animal that needs a, a home, a good home, like, you know. And I suppose a lot of dogs I've rescued as well have come from 
I suppose, horrendous backgrounds, like, you know, and, but you'd see them after a few weeks and, and like the, the loyalty that they give you and, and even they're like, I suppose, like you'd see them at the start, like they're nervous, you know, you make a move, they're nearly, and after a while they get to know you and they get to trust you, like, you know, and it's great to see that. And again, it's like a relationship, I suppose, look, uh, when I met my wife, we had a relationship developed as well. Same thing with a dog, your, your relationship actually develops as you go along as well, like, you know, and they become without doubt your best friend like you know do you have pets now I have two dogs I have two lovely uh, lurchers rescue lurchers uh, Robin who we have six years she's about eight uh, unfortunately she's gone through a bit of a hard time kind of last year she had a her lymph nodes came up so she's gone through chemo uh, thanks be to God uh, she's I won't say out the other side but she's doing very well after now as well and and again she's she's recovering well and she, she's she's in great form at the moment like you know and hopefully please God you know it'll be, be onwards and upwards from here uh, we've Elsa actually two years Elsa's about three Elsa came into the rescue centre actually it would be August actually two years ago and she was actually in a horrendous condition when she came in I mean I've, I've seen a lot of dogs I'd say this is probably the worst dog I've ever seen like you know uh, she was literally a frame is all she was you see every rib in her body her back leg was broken in two places her front leg had been broken in two places that healed itself and as a result like, we rescued her we built her up her x-ray was well, her leg was x-rayed and unfortunately she lost the leg but if you saw her today like uh, she's the she's the mad one you know she's, <laughs> she's the one who you're gonna walk and she's the one who's actually pulling the arm off you she's full of joys of spring if a butterfly go past you, her concentration level is 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 <laughs> If a butterfly go past you, she's chasing after a bee, birds in the sky, she's watching them. So she's just full of beans, and she's a fair turn of pace for three legs as well. Like you know, she's not quite as as quick as Robin, but by God, she can keep up with her. Like you know, she was a person you wouldn't be giving her a job in Maxi Zoo with that kind of temperament, would you? I would actually, because she, like <laughs> like she's full of joys of spring. Yeah, you know? yeah. So like she loves life. You know, so that's yeah. I suppose that's. I wish I was like that myself sometimes as well, like, you know, and, and just carefree, just couldn't care less what's going on, like, you know. Yeah. But then she's a love inside to herself as well, like, she, like she's she's very affectionate, like, you know. Like, I suppose I'd always be laughing with people as well, and I'd be saying, like, at night we have actually a position where everyone sits. I sit on the main couch with Robin cuddled up next to me. Elsa has her own chair and my wife has her own chair as well, like, you know. So people come yeah. in, they're kind of looking and you know, that's the way it is every single night. That's the hierarchy uh, in the family. The hierarchy in the family. No, if Robin jumps off, Elsa jumps up next to me, but Robin doesn't belong jumping up and pushing her off out of the way yeah, and kind yeah. of getting in her way. But but yeah, you know, the, uh, I have to say she's full of joys of spring, like, you know, and again, she can be a small bit with other dogs. She can be a bit barky and that, like, you know, and she can be, what I do is if I come across another dog, I just literally put her behind me and that security of me between them and the other dog settles her down, like, you know, so it's kind of reading, knowing the dog as well and, okay. and knowing, knowing what to do, like, you know, but like they said, full of beans, like, you know, and by, by God, if she was a me- I'd be delighted to have her as a member of my team, like, you know, <laughs> if she was a person, like, you know, so. <laughs> And Kieran, I know with you that pets in your life, it goes beyond Maxi Zoo. You do a lot of work with pets anyway, don't you? Yeah, I do. Uh, I do a lot of work with charities as well. I do a lot of work with Dog, D-A-W-G, who are based out of Middleton. Uh, I do a lot of uh, collections with them. Uh, again, we, 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 we do street collections, been collecting outside Dunn stores, uh, Tesco's. Again, I do a lot of work with them as well. Like you know, We also get a lot of donations into the shop as well. People donating food to the shop, or if they're doing the shop, they might buy an extra tin of food and, and put it into donation bin. We have people would bring in sleeping bags or blankets that will be handy for the rescue centres as well. And also I do a lot of work with uh, Pauline's rescue centre as well, who now houses the dogs for dog. But she also rescues horses and donkeys and that as well. Like, you know, and again, like selfless work, all the people who are working with these charities, like they're doing a lot of it as 
possibly coming out of their own pocket as well. And again, I suppose like they have so much funding from the government to that, but like if you saw the amount of dogs that they have at any given time, and I suppose as well with, with the likes of them as well, they have a lot of fosters as well who actually will uh, will take dogs on the short term and, and until they can find a hope from. And what you find a lot is that you find a lot of failed fosters, which some people might say that's a failure, but in some other sense it's not because what a failed foster is, is that they foster a dog and when it comes to giving the dog up, they can't. <laughs> so they actually keep it themselves. So that's what you call a failed foster, yeah, like, yeah. you know. Uh, but again, like it's great. Like the people that the likes of them are doing fabulous work as well. Like you know. And again, like I said, like I go to the rescues on a regular basis as well. I, I, I like any food that's donated in, we actually donate to, to the charities ourselves as well. Like you know. So so it's brilliant. And again, Maxi do do a lot do a lot of work for the charities down through the years as well. Uh, like during lockdown, like I contacted the crowd and I said, look lads, you know, I think the charities have been forgotten about here because they can't go out and fundraise. They can't come into shops and, you know, you know, they used to come into us and set up a, a table with a few things and they get donations of food and money. And I said, they can't do anything. So I said, we need to start doing something. And in fairness, they, they actually put up a campaign where if people were donating stuff, that they'd take a percentage of money off it. And, and again, we got a lot of stuff in off, char- off a lot of people for the charities as well, which was great to see as well. Like, you know, so like, again, I suppose the thing I like about work with Maxis as well is that you can come up with ideas yourself and, and pass them on. And if they think they're good, they'll run with them. Yeah. And but they will listen to you as well, which I think is brilliant as well. Yeah. I know a lot of companies won't like you know. So yeah, well the culture of the place is yeah. comes from a love of animals. Oh, that's it. Yeah, and that's what we're all there to do. Like yeah. yeah. So when you make yeah. a suggestion like that, I, I just know that isn't oh, it's never going to be an issue there. Oh, without yeah, a doubt, yeah, like, you know, yeah. like they, they ran with it straight away, like you know. And I've seen it in other stores. Two people have come up with other ideas, and they said, "Yeah, go with it," like you know. Yeah. So you know, and it's brilliant to see, and, and a lot of it is. I suppose from the workers there too uh, is it's for the love of the animals that they're doing it like yeah. again like we all can see like we all see the stories of the rescue centres and some of the stories that are coming in they're horrendous like you know what every bit of that we can do for them takes a bit of pressure off them as well like, yeah, you know yeah. but uh, yeah like I suppose I get a lot of reward out of that as well like you know and again I would have been doing it for years as well but I suppose the last few years we haven't but I go up to the rescue centres myself and do a bit of work as well Again, going back when I was in Douglas, I was only just with the company and I, I tied in with Pauline's Rescue Centre as well. She was my charity inside in the store, like, you know. And the next thing I, I come up to the place, I was up there one day and I said, geez, this place could do with a lick of paint, like, you know. So I said, leave it with me. <laughs> so I went back anyway and I, I got on to the, the owner, the director at the time and I said, look, lads, I said, I think we need to, to be doing something here. Look, I, I have this thing I want to paint up the Pauline's Rescue Centre in Charleville. And so Max is who supplied all the paint. But then what I needed was people to do it. So I actually kind of put out an email to the clads, we need help doing this. So myself, my wife, one of my young fellas came. The director at the time said, this is the first time anyone has ever got me doing anything. Came out. And a lot of the lads from head office came out as well. And we actually spent the day painting the rescue centre. And uh, I brought food and Pauline had food and we had a little barbecue kind of in the middle of the day as well and it was a great atmosphere and it was a great crack like you know and I suppose going forward that's something that I'd like to kind of go on again again I suppose look last few years we haven't been able to do anything like that like you know but I'm not saying that we go out and paint every rescue centre now but we'd like to be kind of thinking I'd love to be thinking of new ways that we can help them you know any yeah. charities that are out there which is very important like yeah, you know well it's all for the the love of the animal well, really it, isn't basically, it yeah that's it yeah, you, know, yeah. you know so and I suppose that's one of the reasons like I'd been retail since I was 12 I'm so I'm 57 now, you can do the maths, like, you know. So uh, I'm about 40, oh, 42 years in retail. You're just the old uh, That's all, like, you know. But, like, I'm with maximum nine and a half year, and it's retail. Yeah. But I wouldn't go back to food retail if, yeah. if you paid me now. And not that there was anything wrong with food retail, but you can see the benefits. Like, like there's nothing better. You're here and you're see, you see your staff and there's animals coming into the store and there's a buzz around the place. Like, you know, if we have a charity in for a weekend, there's a fierce buzz, like, you know. And it gives a great, like, you get a great energy off that as well, like, you know. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. 
So a question I've been asking the others, uh, some of the other people that we've spoken to on, on the podcast, is if your pets were people, could you imagine them as being a particular person? I could. I suppose, look, if, if I look at my own two dogs there, like, you know, <laughs> Robin is the, the quiet one. Uh, you know, she's the one that will cuddle up to you. You know, she's the one that looks like if I'm ever out and if I stop talking to you, she'll be up to you straight away, nudging you, looking for us. Yeah. And if you stop, she'll keep there, like, you know. But I could see her as being a person, but as well as that then, she's a sneaky side to herself as well. Elsa gets a lot of the blame for a lot of the things that, that go on. <laughs> but Robin actually instigates it, like, you know. Yeah. She actually eggs her on and then she gets the, she gets the blame. But we're, we're well aware of it, like, you know. She's with, cute out. Oh, she's cute out. With Elsa then, she's kind of, she'd be the kind of cheeky chappy, like, you know. Yeah. You know, it's up for the laugh, like, you know. Like, my father was there a few weeks ago and he's mine. And the father said, <laughs> he literally took his watch off and put it on the table. And literally, secondly, he looked down and the watch was gone. And here she had the watch hidden in the corner, like, you know. And here she's sitting in the chair as if I didn't do anything, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, up for that, you know, you could see her being the cheeky chappy, the one who's, who's up for the laugh, like, you know, uh, but would have your back as well, like, you know. So, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, definitely, you, you, I suppose, with pets, you can put a human side, you can see the human side of them as well, like, you know, if you were to make them human too, like, you know. Can they read your moods? They can. Like, they know, like, I suppose, tone of voice, is a lot like you know like like if I'm there on a chat whereas if I kind of raise my voice like that they've done something they know yeah we've done something you know we need to be quiet we need to be whatever like you know so they definitely can like you know they, they can and they actually like it's amazing like like if I get up they're watching me if I go to where the leads are they're off the chair straight away we're going for a walk like yeah. you know you know so so they, they'll read you like you know and like Robin is queued out as well at night like Robin will get up and she walk over the door and she'll turn, her, turn around and look at you and that's her sign I want to go to the toilet like you know yeah. but she knows when she goes out to the toilet and Elsa jumps up as well to go as well so they know when they go out to the toilet to come back and they get a treat like you know you know. so sometimes I think it's they're only getting me up to get me out the way I can get the treat like you know so, <laughs> they're but, clever uh, out oh dear oh, without a doubt and again you know like I can say sit they'll sit like you know I opened up the boot and I said, in you go, I just tap the boot and the two of them hop into the back of the boot. Like, you know, when I say boot now, it's, it's, it's open and windowed. It's not a boot, yeah. it's in the boot, in the car. The, so again, but like they are, they will read you, you know, they, they'll know your, your language. They'll know if you're in bad humour. And like a lot of time you're in bad humour, Robin will cuddle up to that a bit more, you know. So like if you're not feeling the best, you'll find that yeah, she's over and she's, she's looking for more attention. And that kind of gets you over your, your bad humour then as well. Like, you know? And you were talking to me about the dogs responding to words. Tell me about the word photograph. Oh, yeah. Like, I used to do responsive pet ownership talk inside the schools with COVID. Now, it hasn't been going on. Uh, it was started roughly about seven years ago. So, basically, what I do is I go in and I talk to schools about looking after the pets, picking up the poo. Again, I would talk about all pets. It wouldn't just be dogs. It'd be rabbits, hamsters, guinea pigs, anything they wanted to know. And we, we t- about what the animals need. But, at, like, I'd say to the teachers, I'd do, look, take photographs away. This is your day. So, you know, if anything you want to take, you know, take a photograph. At the end of it, I'd show the kids how to approach a dog properly, the proper way to do it, putting out the hand, keeping the fist done, asking permission off the owner. And then what I'd do is I'd say to the teacher, do you want to go for a photograph? So she'd get all the kids into the thing. I'd get Keisha was the dog's name into the photograph. And I'd say photo. And she'd sit, cross her legs, and the leg head would go to the right hand side. <laughs> and she'd actually pose for the photograph. And it's always the same side she show. And but the legs, the minute she photographs, her legs would cross very daintily straight away, like you know. And absolutely incredible, incredible dog as well, like you know. So yeah, but uh, she yeah. do very well in the social media selfie oh, world yeah, that we have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose the, the one, I suppose the one sad thing I had about it too was that she would have actually made a great kind of a carer's dog. Because she was very, like, she was very much clued into people as well. Like, you yeah. know, like if I ever went into a, into a school, 
if there was a girl in a wheelchair or something, that's the person that she was she was actually drawn to, you know. So she'd have actually made a very she'd have made a great carers dog, which in one sense was a pity, but in another sense, then I suppose a lot of people got to experience because I suppose in a few years I spoke to being 20, 30,000 school kids, like you know, so so a lot of kids did benefit from her as well, like you know. That, mm-hmm. That's uh, incredible. Um, what, what's the most common question you get asked by customers? Uh, common question, good. That's a that's a good question now. Yes, you, you have me stumped there. I suppose the most <laughs> common question, I suppose, I suppose there's no such thing as a common question, but I suppose a lot of it would be when you're the people coming in with their puppies, you know, is what you need for your puppy to get started, like, you know, or, which, or it might necessarily be a puppy. It could be a dog that you're rescuing at a year or two years as old, like, you know, what do you actually need to get the dog set up, like, you know? And, like, there's, there's standard things that you need. You need collar, lead, bed, food, treats for training yeah. you know like you're looking at the basics like you know the basics so i suppose that probably be one of the most common things you get like you know yeah mm-hmm. like just basic advice really yeah. i haven't yeah. a clue about a dog please yeah. help me yeah that's probably, yeah you know the amount of people like i the woman came into me one day and it was actually back a good few years ago and she was in tears her husband was working away and the husband arrived home with a dog and the husband was going away the following morning again so she arrived into me just in tears because she, she was petrified she this thing that she'd look after that's what she called it yeah. the dog she was looking after and she was petrified and so I said calm down I said so I got her I went through everything with her got her set up I gave her a few tips on training but I suppose the most important thing I did if you're struggling at any stage I said and I'll help you and I think it was just getting that reassurance that there's someone else up. So I, she's been in a few times since and she, she, she did very, the dog was, was thriving and she was thriving as well, like, you know, but it was that initial stage of fear. That's yeah, all I was yeah, in her eye yeah. was, or in her face was fear, like, you know, and to know that there was someone there that was saying, yeah, look, I know what you're going through. I know what it is. I've been there myself. I, I have pets myself. I know what it is, how daunting it can be when you get, when you get a new pet, like, you know, but it's to have that someone there. And, and like, I always say to people too, like, you know, when you're going away, if you have any questions, come back and ask anyone because you get nearly the same answer off any of the team that are there like you know so come back there like that's what we're there for we're not just there for for selling stuff to you we're also there to help you and we're there to, to guide you as you go along as well if you need it a lot of people don't some people do like you know and what's the most unusual question you've been asked by well, the customer the most, the most unusual question of that which is an easy one to do is that a woman came in one day and she said um, she walked in and she walked about three quarters way down the shop after passing loads of dog food and displays and everything else like you know uh, I'm looking for a light fitting uh, where can I get the light fitting so I proceed to tell her sorry we're a pet store yeah but where will I get the light fitting you know uh, you have it and I, I had to say no sorry we're a pet store but look I'll bring you out here so I brought out and I said look the co-op across the way there that's where you get the light fitting all right, but that's where I am. All right, I was in the wrong place. Off she went. <laughs> so I suppose that's probably the strangest question I ever got asked. You know? And light fitting inside the pet store, like, you know. So. Fair play to her. Um, what do you like most about your job? I, I suppose I drive my wife mad. Like, I'd be full of joy this spring. I'm a great morning person. I actually love coming to work. 99% of the people come in to want to do the best for their pets, you know. So, and that's in the other 1% don't want to do the best. But, like, people are in and they're, they're looking for advice. You know, they're looking for help. People coming into us are coming in because it's not a chore. I go off and I do my grocery shopping. It's a chore. It has to be done. Here they're coming in, they're getting something for their pet. Their pet is going to be delighted if they get a treat when they come home. The pet is going to be thrilled, like, you know. So most people coming in are, are coming in in good form. You know, they're, they're coming in and they're, they're bubbly. People are coming in looking for us. And I suppose, as I said already, I'm in retail over about 42 years. 
I'd have considered myself a salesperson for the last, for the however many years, but I really wasn't. I was going into supermarkets working. We were packing up stuff on the shelf. People were coming in and buying. They weren't coming up to me and saying, how do I cook the roast chicken? How do I cook the roast beef? They were coming in buying and going off. Whereas inside Maxis, we're actually selling stuff. People are coming in, they're looking for advice. Now, I believe in, like, if someone comes up to me and they say, Kieran, you, you've given me a choice of three products here. Which should I take? I'll never tell a person which one to take. I give the, I suppose, the benefits of each of them, but it's up to the customer to make their own mind up because if I make their own mind up and, and, and two days later around and said, I should have brought the other one. It's me who's going to get it. <laughs> so, so I believe in, you give people choices. Yeah, you give yeah. people all the information. And they like, I had a person committee one day and they were looking for a, a brush for a dog. And basically what they were, the dog was shedding. So I picked up a brush and I said, Look, this is what this brush will do. It'll take off a certain amount of hair, I said. But I said, the dog will still shed. That's where the shedding hair comes from is, is underneath. I said, what you need is a furminator. The furminator is, is for the, the dead hair underneath the coat, but it's for, oh, 45 euro. So the customer looked at me and I told him exactly what the two brushes would do and they made their own mind up. So the customer went for the naturally the cheaper option. So what that did, I said, that will fill a bag full of hair, but the dog will walk away and there's still hair falling off. So about a week later, the customer came back and he said, you were right. The brush did exactly what you told me would do and nothing else. And I'm in for the other one now because that's yeah, what I yeah, actually yeah. need. Like, you know? So there was no hard sell there. It was, uh, the customer made their mind up. They went up, the brush did exactly what I said, so they came back for the furminator. What the furminator does is it takes the dead hair from underneath. But as I said to the customer, don't use the furminator every day because that will solve your, your shedding problem, but you'll have a ball dog. So it's really about once a week you're using the front and you can use the other brush then as often as you want. Yeah. Like, you know? So it's giving out that advice. And a lot of time people, like some people get upset because the customer didn't listen to you, but you never know, as I always say to them, like a customer might listen to you today, but tomorrow that might resonate with them. Then like they're saying, oh yeah, that's what that fella said. And yeah, yeah, that makes sense now. Like, you know, so it's all about giving the advice, but the customer makes their mind up. You know, and I suppose that's the most important thing. Yeah. Like, you know, fantastic. Like, so would you say pets are part of your family? Oh, big time. Big time, like, you know, uh, big time, like, you know, I suppose, look, uh, as I said, look, we've a lot of customers coming in with their pets and it's great to see it, but we've their pets coming in right down through their whole lifespan. Like I had, a, I had a person come in there a few weeks and I remember the day they came in and they had a small black Labrador. I remember we'd be, about five or six beds out in, the, out in the ground and they were trying to see which one was the best for the dog. And what I thought was a year later, again, I'd seen him a good time for that, but they did all kidding. Like, I said, oh my God, he's after getting big and how old is he now a year? He was actually three years. And I was kind of, had three years passed, like, you know? And I said, I can remember that photograph when he was actually trying out those beds, like, you know? And you're now looking at him, a fully grown dog and full of the joys of spring, like, you know, and the owner's <laughs> happy. So time does go faster, a lot faster yeah. than what, what you think sometimes, like, you know? But it's great to see it, I suppose. Look, it's great to see that people come. And it's great to see, like, sometimes when you give out advice, someone comes back and says, thanks for that, that was brilliant. That worked like a treat, like, you know? So, you know, you, you've that side of it as well. You've that human side of it, like, you know? But I'd say, like, I said, my wife be giving out to me, I'm full of joys this morning. <laughs> and I love coming to work, and sometimes I, she'd be giving out to me that I forget to come home sometimes too, like, you know? So. Uh, Kieran, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. Your love of pets and your dogs is beaming from you. I might get to meet Robin and Elsa at some point, and I'll definitely be seeing you in Ballancolly because yeah. I live around the corner from you. Yeah. So thank you so much. No problem. Thanks very much. It was, thanks for having me, and it was great. Great yeah, to be in here. Thank you. Yeah. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the Where Pets Are Family podcast. If there are any topics that you would like us to cover, or if you would like to give us some feedback, please contact us through our Facebook and Instagram accounts. 
Until next time, have great fun with your forever friends.